Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The Law School of America. Credits. Credits are allowed against AMT for foreign taxes and certain specified business credits. The AMT foreign tax credit limitation is redetermined based on AMT rather than regular taxable income. Thus, all adjustments and tax preference items above must be applied in computing the AMT foreign tax credit limitation. AMT credit against regular tax. After a taxpayer has paid AMT, a credit is allowed against regular tax in future years for the amount of AMT. The credit for individuals is generally limited to the amount of AMT generated by deferral items, for example, exercise of incentive stock options, as opposed to exclusion items, for example, state and local taxes. This credit is limited so that regular tax is not reduced below AMT for the year. Taxpayers may use a simplified method under which the AMT foreign tax credit limit is computed proportionately to the regular tax foreign tax credit limit. IRS Form 8801 is used to claim this credit. Stock Options The alternative minimum tax may apply to individuals exercising stock options. Under AMT rules, for incentive stock options at the time of exercise, the bargain element or spread price, the difference between the strike price and fair market value, is treated as an AMT adjustment, and therefore needs to be added to the AMT calculation even though no ordinary income tax is due at the time of exercise. In contrast, under the regular tax rules capital gains taxes are not paid until the actual shares of stock are sold. For example, if someone exercised a 10,000-share Nortel stock option at $7 when the stock price was at $87, the bargain element was $80 per share or $800,000. Without selling the stock, the stock price dropped to $7. Although the real gain is $0, the $800,000 bargain element still becomes an AMT adjustment, and the taxpayer owes around $200,000 in AMT. The AMT was designed to prevent people from using loopholes in the tax law to avoid tax. However, the inclusion of unrealized gain on incentive stock options imposes difficulties for people who cannot come up with cash to pay tax on gains that they have not realized yet. As a result, Congress has taken action to modify the AMT regarding incentive stock options. In 2000 and 2001, people exercised incentive stock options and held on to the shares, hoping to pay long-term capital gains taxes instead of short-term capital gains taxes. Many of these people were forced to pay the AMT on this income, and by the end of the year, the stock was no longer worth the amount of alternative minimum tax owed, forcing some individuals into bankruptcy. In the Nortel example given above, the individual would receive a credit for the AMT paid when the individual did eventually sell the Nortel shares. However, given the way AMT carryover amounts are recalculated each year, the eventual credit received is in many cases less than originally paid. Stock Options in Non-Public Companies In the Nortel example above, the taxpayer could have avoided problems by selling sufficient stock to cover the AMT liability immediately upon exercising the stock options. However, AMT also applies to stock options in pre-IPO or privately held companies, 
In such cases the IRS calculates the fair market value of the stock on the basis of information supplied by the company, and therefore may treat the stock as having significant value even though the employee may be unable to sell it, either because there is no market, or because of contractual restrictions such as lockup periods. In such a case, it may be effectively impossible for the employee to exercise the option unless he or she has enough cash with which to pay the AMT. Growth of the AMT Although the AMT was originally enacted to target 155 high-income households, it grew to affect 5.2 million taxpayers each year by 2017, raising $36.2 billion, or 2.4% of federal income tax revenue. The passage of the TCJA for tax year 2018 reduced the affected number to about 0.1% of all taxpayers. This number is expected to rise again in 2026 with the expiry of the individual provisions of the TCJA. In 1997, for example, 605,000 taxpayers paid the AMT. By 2008, the number of affected taxpayers jumped to 3.9 million, or about 4% of individual taxpayers, raising $26 billion of $1,031 of federal income tax revenue. A total of 27% of households that paid the AMT in 2008 had adjusted gross income of $200,000 or less. The primary reason for AMT growth from 1978 to 2013 is that the AMT exemption, unlike regular income tax items, was not indexed to inflation before 2013. This means that income thresholds did not keep pace with the cost of living. As a result, the tax has affected an increasing number of households each year, as workers' incomes adjusted to inflation and surpassed AMT eligibility levels. While not indexed for inflation, Congress often passed short-term increases in exemption amounts. The Tax Policy Center, a research group, estimated that if the AMT had been indexed to inflation in 1985, and if the Bush tax cuts had not gone into effect, only 300,000 taxpayers, instead of their projected 27 million, would be subject to the tax in 2010. President Barack Obama included indexing the AMT to inflation in his FY 2011 budget proposal, which did not pass. The 2001-2006 Bush tax cuts also exacerbated the effects of AMT by reducing marginal tax rates, for instance, the top rate from 39.6% to 35%, without making corresponding changes to AMT rates. Economists often refer to this as the take-back effect of the Bush tax cuts. As the AMT expanded from 1978 to 2017, the inequalities created by the structure of the tax have become more apparent. Taxpayers are not allowed to deduct state and local taxes in calculating their AMT liability. As a result, taxpayers who live in states with high income tax rates are up to seven times more likely to pay the AMT than those who live in states with lower income tax rates. Similarly, Taxpayers are not allowed to deduct personal exemptions in calculating their AMT liability, resulting in large families being more likely to pay the AMT than smaller families. With the passage of the TCJA which eliminated personal exemptions in favor of an expanded standard deduction, this was no longer an issue. Opinions about AMT In recent years, the AMT has been under increased attention. The AMT rate has not been changed at the same time as regular income tax rates. The tax cut passed in 2001 lowered regular tax rates, but did not lower AMT rates. As a result, certain people are affected by the AMT who are not the intended targets of the laws. People with large deductions, particularly those residents in states or cities with high income tax rates, 
or those with non-qualifying mortgage interest deductions, are most affected. The AMT also has the potential to tax families with large numbers of dependents, usually children, although in recent years, Congress has acted to keep deductions for dependents, especially children, from triggering the AMT. Because the AMT was not indexed to inflation until 2013, and because of recent tax cuts, an increasing number of middle-income taxpayers have been finding themselves subject to this tax. The lack of indexing produces bracket creep. The recent tax cuts in the regular tax have the effect of causing many taxpayers to pay some AMT, reducing, or eliminating the benefit from the reduction in regular rates. In all such cases, however, the overall tax payable will not increase. In 2006, the IRS's National Taxpayer Advocates Report highlighted the AMT as the single most serious problem with the tax code. The advocate noted that the AMT punishes taxpayers for having children or living in a high-tax state and that the complexity of the AMT leads to most taxpayers who owe AMT not realizing it until preparing their returns or being notified by the IRS. A brief issued by the Congressional Budget Office, CBO, No. 4, April 15, 2004, concludes. Over the coming decade, a growing number of taxpayers will become liable for the AMT. In 2010, if nothing is changed, one in five taxpayers will have an AMT liability and nearly every married taxpayer with income between $100,000 and $500,000 will owe the alternative tax. Rather than affecting only high-income taxpayers who would otherwise pay no tax, the AMT has extended its reach to many upper-middle-income households. As an increasing number of taxpayers incur the AMT, pressures to reduce or eliminate the tax are likely to grow. In 2013, the IRS's National Taxpayer Advocate recommended repealing the AMT, arguing that it was burdensome, complex, and did not achieve its intended goal. However, CBO's rules state that it must use current law in its analysis, and at the time the above text was written, the AMT threshold was set to expire in 2006 and be reset to far lower values. Critics of the AMT argue that various features are flaws, though others defend some of these features. The AMT exemption and AMT exemption phase-out threshold are not indexed for inflation so that over time, the real values decline and the fraction of taxpayers subject to the AMT rises. However, on January 1, 2013, the AMT is now adjusted for inflation. This was known as fiscal drag or bracket creep. The AMT eliminates state and local tax deductions. Arguments have been produced for and against deducting such taxes. For example, an argument against a deduction is that if taxes are viewed as a payment for government services, they should not be treated differently from other consumption. The AMT disallows a portion of the foreign tax credit, creating some degree of double taxation for the more than 8 million American citizens living abroad. Some modest-income families owe AMT solely because of currency fluctuations. Businesses and individuals have to do twice the amount of tax planning when considering whether to sell an asset or start a business. They must first consider whether a particular path of action will increase their regular income tax and then also must calculate if alternative tax will increase. Taxes are often owed in the year that an exercise of ISO stock options occurs, even if no stock is sold, which, for private or pre-IPO companies, may be because it is impossible to sell the stock. Although many taxpayers believe that in such a case no actual income exists, the bargain element of the exercise is considered income under the AMT system. In extreme cases, if the stock is private or the value drops, it may be impossible to realize the money the AMT demands. 
A further shift, involving many definitional changes and extensive reorganization, occurred with the Tax Reform Act of 1986. A further criticism is that the AMT does not even affect its intended target. Congress introduced the AMT after it was discovered that 21 millionaires did not pay any U.S. income tax in 1969 as a result of various deductions taken on their income tax return. Since the marginal rate of persons with $1 million of income is 39.6% and the AMT uses a 26% or 28% rate on all income, it is unlikely that millionaires would get tripped by the AMT as their effective tax rates are already higher. Those that do pay by the AMT are typically people making approximately $200,000 to $500,000. Determining whether one is subject to the AMT can be difficult. According to the IRS's taxpayer advocate, determining whether someone owes the AMT can require reading nine pages of instructions and completing a 16-line worksheet and a 55-line form. Now a word from our sponsor. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Law School of America. Complexity. The AMT is a tax of roughly 28% on adjusted gross income over $186,300 plus 26% of amounts less than $186,300 minus an exemption depending on filing status after adding back in most deductions. However, taxpayers must also perform all of the paperwork for a regular tax return and then all of the paperwork for Form 6251. Furthermore, affected taxpayers may have to calculate AMT versions of all carry-forwards since the AMT carry-forwards may be different from regular tax carry-forwards. Once a taxpayer qualifies for AMT, he or she may have to calculate AMT versions of carry-forward losses and AMT carry-forward credits until they are used up in future years. The definitions of taxable income, deductible expenses, and exemptions differ on Form 6251 from those on Form 1040. The complexity of the AMT paired with a history of last-minute annual patches adjusting the law create tax liability uncertainty for taxpayers. For the last 10 years, Congress has passed one-year patches to mitigate negative effects, but they are typically passed close to the end of the year. This makes it difficult for taxpayers to determine their tax liability ahead of time. In addition, because the AMT was not indexed for inflation until 2013, the cost of annual patches rises every year. Taxpayer incomes. The AMT's former lack of indexation was widely conceded across the political spectrum as a flaw. In 2005, the Urban Brookings Tax Policy Center and the U.S. Treasury Department estimated that around 15% of households with incomes between $75,000 and $100,000 must pay the AMT, up from only 2 to 3% in 2000, with the percentage increasing at high incomes. That percentage was set to increase quickly over the coming years if no changes had been made, most notably indexing for inflation. Currently, households with incomes below $75,000 are subject to the AMT only very rarely, and thus most tax advisors do not recommend computing AMT for such households. That was set to change in only a few years, however, if the AMT had remained unindexed. 
The median household income in the United States was $44,389 in 2005, and households making over $75,000 per year made up the top quartile of household incomes. Because those are the households generally required to compute the AMT, though only a fraction currently have to pay, some argue that the AMT still hits only the wealthy or the upper middle class. However, some counties, such as Fairfax County, Virginia, $102,460, and some cities, such as San Jose, California, $76,354, have local median incomes that are considerably higher than the national median, and approach or exceed the typical AMT threshold. The cost of living index is generally higher in such areas, which leads to families who are middle class in that area having to pay the AMT, while in poorer locales with lower costs of living, only the locally wealthy pay the AMT. In other words, many who pay the AMT have incomes that would place them among the wealthy when considering the United States as a whole, but who think of themselves as middle class because of the cost of living in their locale. As early as the first tax reform study in 1984, arguments were made for eliminating the deduction for state and local taxes. The current deduction for state and local taxes in effect provides a federal subsidy for the public services provided by state and local governments, such as public education, road construction and repair, and sanitary services. When taxpayers acquire similar services by private purchase, for example, when taxpayers pay for water or sewer services, no deduction is allowed for the expenditure. Allowing a deduction for state and local taxes simply permits taxpayers to finance personal consumption expenditures with pre-tax dollars. Proponents of eliminating the state and local tax deduction lost out in the 1986 tax reform, but they won a concession by eliminating these deductions in the AMT computation. That, coupled with the non-indexation of the AMT, created a slow-motion repeal of the deduction for state and local income taxes. The AMT's partial disallowance of the foreign tax credit disadvantages even low-paid American citizens and green card holders who work abroad or who are otherwise paid in foreign currency. Particularly as the dollar falls around the world, those working abroad see their incomes, when reported to the IRS in terms of U.S. dollars, skyrocket, even if their actual incomes fall from year to year and even if their foreign tax liabilities increase. They are in effect being taxed solely on changes in exchange rates, from which they do not benefit because their household expenses are all in foreign currency. Avoiding AMT. AMT affects very few individual taxpayers, 0.1%, as of 2018 and may be avoided by limiting exercising and holding of incentive stock options and avoiding tax credits or deductions that are allowed under regular tax but not AMT, such as private activity municipal bonds. For taxpayers who owe AMT, IRA, individual retirement account slash qualified plan contributions, charitable deductions and home mortgage interest, but not hard money refinancing interest, are especially valuable. They reduce tax liability by the full tentative minimum tax effective marginal rate of 32.5% or 35%, for those in the AMT exemption phase-out range, plus the full state income tax marginal rate. This may be quite a bit better than under the regular tax. Arguments against repealing the AMT. While many parties agree that the AMT needs to be changed, some argue against its outright repeal. A 2007 study by a left-leaning think tank indicated that 90% of the tax would fall on households making more than $100,000 a year, even if the AMT were not inflation-adjusted through 2010. The AMT could be amended so as to have little or no effect on those with lower incomes. 
the reduction in tax revenues from repeal is relatively large. The loss is expected to be between $800 billion and $1.5 trillion in federal revenues over 10 years. According to the Washington Post, by 2008, it would cost the Treasury considerably less to repeal the ordinary income tax system than the alternative minimum tax, according to the Tax Policy Center, jointly run by the Brookings Institution and Urban Institute. In 2007, an analysis in the New York Times claimed that one annual cost of repealing the AMT and maintaining the regular income tax would be $70 billion, while two annual cost of making everyone pay the AMT and repealing the regular income tax would be the lesser amount of $63 billion. AMT reform. Policy analysts are divided over the best way to address the criticisms of the AMT. Len Berman and Greg Lyserson of the Tax Policy Center, a joint program of the Urban Institute and Brookings Institution, have proposed a revenue-neutral, highly progressive replacement for the AMT. They suggest an option would repeal the AMT and replace it with an add-on tax of 4% of adjusted gross income above $100,000 for singles and $200,000 for couples. The thresholds would be indexed for inflation after 2007. This plan, the authors contend, would share the original goal of the AMT that is, to ensure a certain level of taxation for high earners. Other groups advocate repealing the AMT rather than attempting to reform it. One such group, the Cato Institute, notes that many tax loopholes the AMT was designed to address have since been closed. The AMT is needlessly complex and burdensome to taxpayers. A full repeal would leave federal revenues as a fraction of GDP at about 18%, its average value in recent decades. The right-leaning National Taxpayers Union also supports repeal. It is wholly unfair for policymakers to promote certain social and fiscal ideas through exemptions, credits, and deductions, only to take these incentives away when a taxpayer takes advantage of them too well. The conservative-leaning tax foundation says that the AMT could be effectively repealed simply by correcting the deficiencies in the regular tax code. Economist Patrick Fleener argues that it is usually the unjustifiable limitations on taxable income that cause the AMT backstop to kick in. If income were taxed comprehensively by the regular tax code, there would be no way of legally avoiding taxation, and not one taxpayer would have to file the AMT form even if the law were still on the books. Some have proposed abolishing the regular tax and modifying and indexing the AMT. A proposal to the 2005 President's Advisory Panel on Federal Tax Reform advocated increasing the AMT exemption to $100,000, $50,000 for singles, and indexing it thereafter, applying a flat 25% rate, and allowing appropriate exemptions for income-producing activities, in addition to repeal of the regular tax. The Law School of America the content used in the podcast is licensed by the Wikimedia Foundation Incorporated under a Creative Commons Attribution, Share Alike License. The text has been modified for audio. The content of these podcasts is for informational purposes only and do not constitute professional advice. These podcasts are not associated with the Wikimedia Foundation in any context. The Law School of America